Well, here we are, returning to uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Chapter 27, called The Process of Deity Worship. Have to excuse me, I'm still in the middle of a flu, and uh, so my voice is a little stopped up, my throat is sore, and I will have to pause periodically with handkerchiefs and tissues to uh, have a nose that keeps running. Uh, one of the minor miseries of material life. So we're continuing uh, in, in the process of deity worship. Uh, we had just uh, finished the section which had been describing the formal worship of the deity, uh, dressing, uh, performing a final sacrifice afterwards, uh, 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 offering uh, uh, food to the uh, uh, deity, and then uh, uh, the verse after that uh, described one should absorb oneself in the f- f- festivities of singing and dancing and chanting with others and acting out the Lord's transcendental pastimes and so on. Uh, once you become absorbed in these, profit from the opportunities to do these things. Uh, so now we continue with text number uh, 45. Uh, 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 continuing what what uh, the devotee who is worshipping the Lord in the deity form should do. So 45 uh, uh, goes like this. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Stavair Uchchat Excuse me Stavair Uchchavachai Stotrai Pauranai Prakutair Napi Stupa Prasida Bhagavan Itivandeti uh, so here it's clear, huh? <clears throat> the devotee should offer homage to the Lord with all kinds of hymns and prayers. Excuse me. Both from the Puranas and from other ancient scriptures, and also from ordinary traditions, praying, O Lord, be merciful unto me, be merciful to me, he should fall down flat like a rod to offer his obeisances. Uh, uh, So uh, here, uh, uh, the offering of prayers, archanam bandhanam dasyam, this is bandhanam, stavair, Ucha, avacha, ucha, avacha. Uh, ucha, avacha literally means uh, big and little, higher and lower, greater and smaller, you know, or just various. You could, as a compound, it could just be all from big and little, you know, various kinds. But here they say a greater and lesser variety are all kinds of hymns and prayers. Stava. With prayers from the scriptures and stotra, 
prayers written by human authors. Uh, this is what, uh, there's no purport uh, here in the BBT edition. Vishnath Chakravarti says, Stava, uh, which is Stavai here with prayers, in the plural Stavas, are verses of praise from the scripture and stotras are composed by men or women sometimes. So stava and stotra, one's quoted from scriptures and one's that are just written by other people. Um, uh, so uh, it says here, you should offer to homage to the Lord with all kinds of hymns and prayers. Uh, uh, both from the Puranas and from other ancient scriptures. That's the uh, that, that's the astava, and then the ordinary traditions is stotra, uh, stava and stotra. Uh, and they say here Purana uh, and Pakriti from the Puranas. Uh, uh, and uh, Prakrita from ordinary sources. Uh, and, uh, and with those, you're praying to the Lord, Stutva Prasida Bhagavan Iti. Iti is thus, translated always as thus, it means close quotation marks. So you're praying Prasida Bhagavan. Please be merciful or please show your mercy, O Lord. That's all. Proceed to Bhagavad. There's a nice prayer for you. If you don't know much Sanskrit, you can just learn, proceed to Bhagavad. <laughs> please show your mercy, O Lord. Vandete, uh, one should pray homage and dandavat. Uh, you know that, that we say dandavats. Uh, 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 danda vat, like a danda, falling down like a stick, like a rod. It says here, fall down flat like a rod. This is danda vats. Uh, so here, so now we're on this of offering prayers. And then 46 continues with this idea of offering prayers to the deity that you have been worshipping. So that's part of it. Uh, so 46 goes like this. Shiromat padeo kutva bahubyam cha parasparam prapanam pahimam isha pitam mrityu graharnavat. So again, this is a prayer for mercy. A little more fulsome, as you might say. Uh, 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 so the translation here, placing his head at the feet of the deity. Actually, it says, Matpadeyo, at my two feet. So the deity is speaking. <laughs> Krishna says, at my two feet. In the feet of the deity here. Uh, uh, placing his head at the feet of the deity. He should then stand with folded hands before the Lord and pray, O oh my Lord, please protect me who am surrendered unto you. I am most fearful 
of this ocean of material existence standing as I am in the mouth of death. So, Shira Matpadeo Kritva, placing his head at my two feet. And then, Bahubhyam Cha Parasparam, Bahu here is translated with the hands, but Bahu means the arms or the lower limbs. Could include the hands, you know, but somehow or other. So we have different ideas in the translations that we have of what exactly is going on. But you're headed my two feet, and then with your hands, paras param, together. So with the hands, paras param means one another. So they say uh, with folded hands, which I guess is like this, uh, praying with folded hands, but of course, folded hands is is is, is uh, you know Protestant or Catholic. You know, it's Christian. Uh, pressed together palms is our way, uh, with 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 hands together, uh, parasparam. And then it says here in the word for word, grasping the feet of the deity. Uh, so at my two feet with hands prosperum. In other words, that the the the, uh, the 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 feet of the deity and the hands are what's together. That seems to be the other way of doing it. Now we'll get into that because Vishnath Chakravarti says, "No, you shouldn't do that." <laughs> anyway, um, so anyway, this way. So, but here, the, the placing his head at the feet of the deity, he should then stand. So here in this, say, he should then stand up. Put your head at the feet of the deity, bow down, stand up with folded hands, things like this. Usually we don't do that, but this way. And pray, and this is what you pray. Prapanam pahimam isha bitam mrityu graharnavat uh, uh, mom is means uh, I who am surrendered prapanam prapanam mom I who am surrendered to you pahi save me protect me protect me Isha O Lord because what is my condition bitam I'm terrified most fearful Mrityu Graha Arnavat, the devouring maw of death of this material world or ocean. That's, I mean, Graha is translated here as mouth, but a, a Graha is anything that grabs you. A crocodile is sometimes called a Graha. You know, the great white shark with his, you know, that's a graha, you know, the maw, the devouring maw. Also, uh, a planet which uh, has uh, influence on your behavior and seizes you is called a graha. The influential planets, either for good or bad, Saturn, and they, they're graha. They, they hold you. You can't get out of their grip. That which seizes a hold of you, 
Arnava is the ocean, uh, but Arnava really means something, water that's in turmoil. It's not smooth, it's rough. Uh, and so this, uh, the mouth of death, uh, uh, that's how you should pray. Uh, so again, this is the deity you're worshipping. Uh, so the first one, uh, O Lord, be pleased with me, offering stutva, then offering obeisances, and now here, uh, placing his head at the feet of the deity, and so on. Uh, then his stand. Now, there's no purport in the BBT edition. Vishma Chakrabarti Thakur says... Now, the, he, uh, his, the translation here by Banu Swami, following the, the uh, 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 commentary of Bhishma Chakravarti, placing his head at the feet of the deity with arms together. This, you know, Bahu Bya Chapurasparam, with his arms together. He prays, O oh my Lord, please protect me as I am surrendered unto you. I am most fearful of this ocean of material existence, the mouth of death. Another way to do that. So Vishnu Chagavarti's comment goes, the method of offering obeisances is described. However, it is said, and now he quotes, he gives the reference from the Hari Bhakti Vilas, Gopal uh, Bhatta uh, goes from his treatise on deity worship and things like that, 831. He translates, translate, while in the temple, one should not chant japa, perform sacrifice, or offer respects directly in front of the deity. That's Agre, before, directly in front of the deity. Excuse me. One should not do these things. Directly in front of the deity, behind, on the left, very close, or in the deity room. This is a prescription that's given there. Uh, it doesn't say you shouldn't do these things in the temple room, but you shouldn't stand right in front of the deity, <coughs> very close immediately, directly in front of them, immediately before. It's the idea of Agra, you know, right, right in front of, uh, uh, behind, on their left, very close, or in the garba, in the, the deity altar area, we would say the altar area itself. So he says, uh, Thus one should offer respects to the Lord's feet on the right side of the deity, somewhat distance by lowering the head. Both arms should be in front with the fingers showing the Taraka Mudra. What does he say? That's described in the last line, this prayer. So he mentions this Taraka Mudra. Uh, and 
I'm going to tell you this Tariqa Mudra. I spent a little time getting involved in this one because what exactly the Tariqa Mudra is, there's a sort of difference of... Uh, I thought I had it up here. Hold on a second. I got did a whole research project on the Tariqa Mudra. Okay, I'll get it just a second. Yeah, there's my text, yeah. So the Tarka, the word Tarka, Tarka, not Taraka, Tarka, excuse me, I'm saying it wrong, Tarka Mudra. Tarka means basically, Prabhupada usually translates this as logic or argument, reasoning, speculation, inquiry. Uh, the, the famous verse from the Mahabharata, Tarka Pratishta, uh, Reasoning is inconclusive, uh, uh, which is true. When you take a, a, a formally valid logical argument, what it really shows you, if you don't like the conclusion, what's the price you pay by denying one of its premises? Simple. You can always deny a premise. Uh, uh, so, uh, so Tarka is ar- argument, reason logic. Uh, so uh, the, this mudra is a mudra is, is a symbol made with a sign. In this book, Prancharachika Padipika, there's a whole section, if any of you are looking here, you can see pages of drawings of mudras, you know, for, for that we use in offering, hand signs, sim- symbolic gestures with the hand. Those are called mudras, like a mantra. It's like a mantra with a hand. It's a mudra. Uh, and, and, uh, and so there's a whole lot of things about mudras. Uh, so there's a, there, there is a tarika mudra. Uh, it seems like that. Uh, with your hand making this tarika mudra. So... Uh, uh, the Tarka Mudra now Banuswami has a footnote says uh, thumb and index fingers are joined other fingers are straight so this seems to usually with the Tarka Mudra the thumb and the index finger sometimes the, some descriptions seem to be like this with the fingers straight up aside like this, and it's the same thing as the Jnana Mudra, the, the, the sign of knowledge, or maybe it's like this, uh, taken that way. Uh, we see this shows up in 4638, uh, where, in the Bhagavatam, where the devas are visiting Lord Shiva at Mount Kailash. Remember, there's just been this big battle with uh, uh, Prajapati Dak, uh, Daksha and so on. They go to pacify Lord Shiva, who's already peaceful. So they see him at Mount Kailash. His left leg was placed on his right thigh. His left hand was placed on his left thigh. In his right hand, he held Rudraksha beads. This sitting posture is called virasana. 
He sat in the virasana posture and his finger was in the mode of argument. So that's how Prabhupada translates it. And he says here, so there's this virasana. Virasana is also, when you're, you could have it with two swords like this, is what a guard uses when he's sitting. He's got, got his swords in each one in each hand with that crossed in front. That's also called virasana. Um, uh, uh, so Prabhupada mentions this virasana as one of the asanas also for yoga uh, he mentions interesting Lord Shiva is called Yogishwara the master of all yogis that's with a long eye Yogishwara and Krishna is called Yogeshwara with an E in English Yogishvara, Yogishvara, long I, Yogishvara, indicates that no one can surpass the yoga practice of Lord Shiva. And Yogeshvara means that no one can surpass the yogic perfection of Krishna. So one is the master of the yogis and one is the master of yoga. <laughs> that's, that's the difference between Yogeshvara and Yogeshvara. One is the name of Shiva and one is the name of Krishna. Then Prabhupada goes on in the purport. Another significant word is Tarka Mudra. And Prabhupada says this indicates that the fingers are open and the second finger is raised along with the arm to press, impress the audience with some subject matter. This is actually a symbolic representation. So Second finger would be the index finger, I suppose. And he doesn't mention here about the thumb, uh, but just that he says it's raised and, and the other fingers are open. So it's generally taken something like this, you know, with a, just an upraised finger, like you're making a point. We do like this. Uh, some group has made a deity of Prabhupada with a hand in that. Mudra as described here to impress the audience with some subject matter. Uh, uh, when Banu Swami translates this text uh, in the case of giving Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur's commentary on the Bhagavatam his left foot was on his right thigh and his left hand was placed on his left knee. He had beads on his right forearm. Actually, Bahum Prakoshte Aksham is his Rudraksha beads. But Prabhupada says in the right hand, he takes it around his like wrist. Because he's making a mudra. He's <laughs> like, maybe he would, you know, uh, the Tarka mudra. And uh, Vishnu Chakravarti says uh, the Tarka Mudra is described as follows. Uh, and he gives a Sanskrit uh, uh, text, which is then translated by Banu, is Swami, is reciters of mantra define the Tarka Mudra as placing the tip of the forefinger and thumb together 
while spreading the other fingers. You could like this, or the way you, the way it goes in Sanskrit, you could be just having the fingers straight out, not curled, but straight, you know? So somehow like this, with the tip of the forefinger, this is the Tarka Mudra. And I found in a book by B. N. Sharma called The Iconography of Sadashiva, where he quotes the same text that Vishnath Chakravarti Thakur quotes, and which Bhattu Swami translates, uh, 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 well, in B.N. Sharma, it's in, in Devanagari, but it's the same text. Uh, and his translation into English, joining the tips of the thumb and index finger and straightening the other fingers after joining them together, this position of the hand is what the knowers of the mantras call Tarkamudra. And he gives Vyakyana Mudra, Vitarka Mudra, Tarkamudra is also known as Jnana Mudra, the Jnana Mudra. Uh, and so here's that description like this. So from the description you can take it different ways. Uh, and I suspect there's Buddhist versions and Hindu versions and there's Shaivite versions and Vaishnava versions and so on. But that's the Tarka Mudra. But anyway, I kind of that track that one down <coughs> more than necessary, I suppose. I got to kind of get interested. What is the Tarka Mudra? And to find find a you know a, a book with. A, the Devanagari being the same text, where no, neither Bhishma Chakravarti nor Sharma say where it's taken from, this iconography of Sadashiva. It's just a 61-page booklet published in India, but anyway. Um, uh, so this, this somehow you use this Tarka Mudra, however, however you, you, you want to do it, uh, but you, you're doing it as part of a kind of making a, 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 a prayer uh, of uh, yeah of signifying uh, your please protect me. I, so you're, 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 it's not really a satarka mudra. But it's not sort of an argument, it's the presentation of a case. So please save me, I'm in the mouth. Uh, in the mouth of death. Uh, uh, so there's different ways of reading this. But anyway, we don't do any of it according to, you know, uh, the Hari Bhakti Vilas, uh, uh, that uh, we wouldn't exactly... Uh, and if you're interested in which are the right mudras to use, I'm sure there's a whole literature on this. Uh, that in all the mudras that are illustrated uh, in the Pancharatrika that is not one of them. They don't mention that one. They just do the mudras when you're making the various offerings to the deity. You know the uh, the, the the mudra for the. Um, uh, uh, the matcha mudra when you're uh, uh, swimming motion 
protecting the paraphernalia from uh, from 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 uh, contamination. There's a chakra mudra, the strainer mudra. When you're purifying thing, the denu mudra. When you transform your paraphernalia into nectar, the ankusha mudra, which is the elephant goat mudra, which in America would be an obscene sign. Uh, I heard one sort of devotee say, "Yeah, I, I gave her." <laughs> <laughs> he gave him the uh, the Ankusha Mudra. <laughs> uh, the the anyway, there's all these different mudras which are used in uh, uh, to ask the Lord for His blessings. They have the Maha Mudra, where you hook together your right and your thumbs together. It says you have to have the right thumb over your left one and go like this. You may have seen this. When you ask the Lord for blessings, so your palms face away from you. This is the Mahamudra. So you can use the it's sign language. It's a kind of spiritual sign language. It helps you get into it more. Oh, anyway, so that's our little diversion into Mudra land. Uh, for those who love this kind of stuff, I find it kind of interesting, but anyway. Uh, now, in the Pancharak Pradipika, there is an explanation of these verses here. Uh, uh, the, the 46 and 47, uh, I mean, I mean uh, 45 and 46, uh, yeah, 45 and 46, with the prayers, be merciful to me and protect me from the devouring mouth, mouth of death, they say. These two verses describe stuti, or offering prayers, and atma samarpana, or offering oneself and one's activity in full surrender. That's the idea of lying down flat, dandavat. Dandavat means full surrender. You just prostrate yourself completely. Although offering prayers may be considered a type of devotional service separate from deity worship, as listed in the nine kinds of devotional service, vandana, since the object of prayers is usually the deity form of the Lord, offering prayers is integral to deity worship. So there's some overlap. But whatever prayer one may offer to the Lord, the essential element is the appeal for his mercy, Prasida Bhagavan. For the devotee recognizes that only by the Lord's mercy, through the mercy of the spiritual master, will his service be accepted. I mean, that's the appeal, please accept by service. If you're a, a devotee with any sort of advancement, you will feel unworthy of being able to do, of just being allowed to approach the Lord, to come near Him, to purify, to offer prayers. I mean, that that really, you know, how many people can do that? And that the Lord has gone to meet you halfway by appearing in a deity form that you can see even in your material body. You have to feel full of gratitude and humility. Uh, 
If you go in thinking, now I'm a big pujari, I'm going to watch the deed, you know, this is not good. This is, this is, this is not Vaishnava. So you should, this appeal for mercy, for the devotee recognizes that only by the Lord's mercy will his service be accepted. Otherwise, what can you do for God? The Lord is in his kingdom, he's being served by hundreds of liberated, perfectly pure, wonderful devotees who never even came to the material world. And what can I do? So the, why does the Lord accept it? Because he wants a relationship. And therefore, gratitude should be a, a, a major feeling. Thus, along with traditional prayers formally offered, there should all be an offering of prayers from the heart. You could do the formal prayers from the heart also. But it's not, they're not mutually exclusive. Uh, and they refer us to the Nectar of Devotion, Chapter 9, Submission and Offering Notable Prayers. Well, that's their, their comment on, on this, this particular section. Excuse me. So now we go on, uh, text 47. It reads like this. Ittishesammaya dattam Shirashyadaya sadaram udvasayeshed udvasyam jyotir jyotishitat punaha. Praying in this way, the devotee should respectfully place upon his head the remnants I offer to him. And if the particular deity is meant to be set away, sent away at the end of the worship, then this should be performed. The devotee once again placing the light of the deity's presence inside the light of the lotus within his own heart. Uh, uh, there is no uh, uh, BBT purport. Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says uh, concerning this one, After offering respects, meditating that the remnants are given by the mercy of the Lord, the shesham. Shesham means that which is left. <laughs> uh, meditating that the remnants are given by the mercy of the Lord, he should then place the remnants on his head. That's the way of honoring them, you know. If the Lord is to be dismissed in a form made of sand, etc., one should again place my form of light in the light situated in the lotus of one's own heart. You may remember, or not, uh, uh, in text 24 previously, there is the mention of this uh, uh, dealing with the kind of temporary deities those that are made of sand or clay or paint or things like that that are there for some particular occasion uh, uh, and then uh, uh, text 24 said in translation 
The devotee conceives of the Supersoul, whose presence surcharges the devotee's body in the form corresponding to his realization. Thus the devotee worships the Lord to his full capacity and becomes fully absorbed in him. By touching the various limbs of the deity and chanting appropriate mantras, the devotee should invite the Supersoul to join the deity's form and then the devotee should worship me. And so the idea is uh, that uh, the body of a devotee is pervaded by the Supreme Lord like a house is lit up by a lamp inside in nighttime. There's a light on inside. You can see the glow fill the rooms and come out through the windows. So the same way, the super soul is there. Uh, and so... Uh, uh, you're inviting that super soul now to enter the deity form. Uh, since the, the super soul and the Supreme Lord are the same, the Lord can manifest in that way. So if that's done that way, where the super soul is kind of uh, flowed out of your body into the deity form, then you uh, uh, bring him back. Uh, you transfer the Paramatma from one's own heart into the temporary deity, and now you invite him to return uh, to where he came from. Uh, the explanation here... Oh, uh, let's see, Vishnu... Yes, I read Vishnu Chakrabari already. Uh, the explanation is, this verse refers to Nirmalya Krahana, or accepting the Lord's remnants of flowers, tulsi leaves, and charinamrita. When it says you accept those remnants, those are those things. <coughs> when you finish worshiping the deities, there are flowers that you'll pick up, tulsi leaves you pick up, maybe charinamrita. It says the devotees are very eager to receive these remnants and they treat them with all respect knowing their purifying power. That's the idea of placing them on one's head. Sometimes you can hold them between your hands like this. Your hands pressed together, pressed together palms. And they refer to us to the Nectar Devotion, Chapter 9, drinking charanamrita and smelling incense and flowers offered to the deity. These are both spiritual acts. After respecting deity remnants such as flowers, devotees should dispose of them by casting them into a body of water, either a river, lake, or ocean. That's ideally how they should be dealt with. Uh, uh, then it remarks, uh, to send away a deity at the conclusion of worship is generally not done by Vaishnavas. However, in the worship of a temporary form, such as a form of Giri Raj made of cow dung for Govardhan Puja, this may be done, meditating that the Lord safely resumes his place in one's heart before uh, the form which has been worshipped is dismantled. That's what they say there. And I think... Uh, Uh, well, maybe we should stop there. Uh, 
Yeah, I think so, because uh, the next one, there's some things we can get into that uh, will be interesting. And uh, so, yeah, uh, we didn't get very far, but that's okay. So we'll stop here for today and pick up again. I think we're going to have a break. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Huh? No classes in December. Yeah, there'll be no classes in December because of traveling uh, and uh, various people, you know, having obligations of various kinds and doing different things. So this will be our last class uh, for... Uh, uh, and then we're resuming. Do you know the date we're resuming exactly? Third of January. I look at I'll look at my calendar just a second here. Uh, January third. Yeah, we'll resume again with classes on the third of January. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah. Next week I'm going going to be uh, visiting the Central New Jersey Temple and uh, other things. Uh, Shraddha's going away uh, a couple of weeks, the West Coast, and uh, by the time we can get it back together again, uh, so then we'll resume on January 3rd. Uh, you can read ahead, think of any questions you have uh, uh, for, for, for that, and then uh, then the next, uh, we're almost coming to the end of this chapter. The next chapter, interestingly, is called Jnana Yoga. Something a little more cerebral in some ways <laughs> than the mechanics of uh, deity worship. And they're not really mechanics. But the physical uh, processes there. So does anyone have any comments or questions about these texts? Hopefully by then I'll also be able to talk a little bit better. Hey, Ramananda Prabhu has a question. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. He said, brilliant class. Sorry I don't have a devotional question, but I have a technical question on verse 46 for the word graha. Mm-hmm. I think I understand your explanation of graha, that it refers to something that grabs you like a crocodile, a shark, or a ben- benevolent or malevolent planet. Malefic. Malefic planet. In regards to the influence of the planets from a lecture of an authoritative source is Kansanyasi. I got the impression that it is not the planets themselves that influence our destiny. Rather, the planets are only symbolic representations of strong tendencies that will manifest themselves throughout different times in our lives. It is our past Karma and some scars that determine this, not the planets. There are only, they are only indicators. And the rest is cut off roughly. I don't know if we have a particular version of that. That's it, he says. Well, uh, uh, I, I don't know what to say about that idea. The, 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 the themselves are people. I mean, they're deities, and, and, uh, and 
if you, if you have a competent astrologer, it does work, at least to some degree. Uh, there's an interesting, uh, speaking of graha, and the one name uh, that's used in the Bhagavatam to describe Prahlad Maharaj is Krishna Graha, one who is under the strong planetary influence of Krishna. Krishna Graha. How uh, can find out using our search engine function here exactly where it is? But it's a name. This is yeah. It's uh, it's uh, seven four uh, thirty seven. Nyasya krida nako bhalo jadavatan manastaya Krishna graha grihitatma. Nareda Jagat Idrisham. From the very beginning of his childhood, Prahlad Maharaj was uninterested in childish playthings. Indeed, he gave them all up altogether, remained silent and dull, being fully absorbed in Krishna consciousness. Since his mind was always affected by Krishna consciousness, he could not understand how the world goes on being fully absorbed in the activities of sense gratification. So, what Prabhupada says, Krishna graha, in the word for word, by Krishna, who is like a strong influence, like a graha or planetary influence. Krishna graha, Grihitatma, whose mind was fully attracted by Krishna, who was like a strong planetary influence, and couldn't even understand how the world was going on like this. So uh, that's that's his description, Krishna Graha. Uh, uh, so if that planet is on your chart, if Krishna is there as a strong planetary influence that changes the way all the other planets work. And even things that look like malefics become benefic, benef, benefics, benefics. That's, that was just a comment to make about that. Krishna Graha, yeah. But that's the way the word graha is used. That that was Prabhupada says like a graha, a planetary influence. I have a this is a quick question out of curiosity. In the Pancharatri Pradeep, I was saying you could make a temporary form of Giriraj out of cow dung. Is that like Govard on Hill out of cow dung? How does that work, do you know? I have no idea. I don't know. I've never seen it done. But clearly it's it's done. It's mentioned as one of the one of the things you could do. Sounds like fun, huh? You wouldn't want to feed it to everybody afterwards, but 
probably not most people anyway. See the Sanskrit verb verbal root gra, G-R-A-H, we would spell it in English gra. Uh, that verbal root, which has lots of forms, uh, means to seize or to take by the hand, lay a hold of, grasp, grah, G-R-A-H, grah. It also means to take captive, take prisoner, capture. So it has all these sense of seize, being seized. Uh, Yeah, Krishna Graha. Anything else? That's it. Okay. So then, uh, until we are together again uh, on January 3rd, uh, have a good December. <laughs> Thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai.